four years after the release of Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, during the Spike Video Game Awards in December of 2010, the announcement trailer for the fifth game in the Elder Scrolls series, Skyrim, was announced along its release date of 11-11-11. With almost one year to wait for the next game in the series, the hype was on. For the better part of a year, gamers devoured every detail of the game that they could not yet get their hands on. The instruction manual was leaked. The game itself was hacked and some gamers found themselves able to play the game 10 days before its official release. It was everywhere. November 11th, 2011 came and there were lines for the game's midnight release. I myself was there, grabbed my copy of Skyrim, took it home, turned it on, and was treated with the opening, which to this day is a popular gaming meme. Screen fades in from black. The world around you comes into focus. You're riding in a cart, and you catch the eye of the Nordic man sitting across from you. Hey you, he says. You're finally awake before all hell breaks loose. Oh, my dear listeners, I hope you're awake too as we take a deep dive into Skyrim for today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Welcome to the 11th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane, the podcast in which we look back on an important title released during this week in gaming history and talk about whatever we damn well please around it. Today's topic is going to be Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, and just like there's no shortage of things to do in the game, there's no shortage of things to talk about. Joining me today as my co-host is he that goes by the nickname Fusro Duh, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, what's going on? Whole lot, Dave, you know, just glad to be here for another week. What about yourself? I mean, you said a whole lot, but there wasn't a whole lot to that, so I'm going to go with that. A whole lot, Rob. There's a whole I lot. I said not a whole lot. Oh, see? Man, I'm not even listening. We're off to a great start. Papers. <laughs> So, uh, you played Skyrim? I've put a few hours into it here and there. It's a few hours. You know, I would have to look at my playtime, which would only be for the computer. I don't remember what I put in on Xbox. But if we are talking about the computer, then I have put just under 40 hours. So 40 hours into the computer, and you think you have just as much, if not more, on the Xbox? Uh, I probably have about double on the Xbox. Okay. All right. So still pretty average for typical Skyrim player, but not anything to scoff at. I don't even know if that's average. There's people I saw when I was looking, doing my research to have thousands of hours in Skyrim. I mean, the data might be skewed a little. (laughs) It's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So Skyrim. November 11th, 2011, 11, 11, 11, Skyrim released for PC Windows, for Xbox 360, and for PS3. I know I myself had it for Xbox right off the bat. Did it come out for PC right away? 
That I do not know the answer to. Don't remember, to be honest with you, if it came out for PC right away. You think that that was something? Yeah, it did. It did. I should trust my research. Gotta trust myself. So 2011, original, original. 2016, remastered and published for Windows, Xbox One, and PS4. 2017, released for Nintendo Switch, and a VR version was released for PlayStation. And in 2018, we got a Windows VR version. So here we are, some, you know, nine going on, actually, just shy of one day, nine years later, and we're still getting Skyrim published to current gaming systems. You think they'll release a copy of Skyrim for, well, actually, today is the launch of the Xbox Series X and Series S, the next gen of Xbox. Are we going to get a next gen version of Skyrim, Rob? I don't know if there'll be any remastering of the game or anything, but I would be surprised to find that it's not still released for the Xbox Series X or S and the PS5. Well, I mean, we'll definitely get it on there because Microsoft recently bought Bethesda, the publisher. You know, I I think we talked about this on a past podcast. The joke is that Microsoft bought Bethesda so that Todd Howard, the owner of Bethesda, wouldn't be a lot, wouldn't be uh, able to port Skyrim to another console. And then someone else chimed in and said that, you know, jokes on Microsoft, they paid $3.8 million for one more copy of Skyrim, or billion dollars. It was $3.8 billion. Jeez Louise. Wow. That's, uh... But that's the whole Bethesda library, and now it's going to Game Pass, so we all can play it. Game Pass. Game Pass. (laughs) Skyrim. First person or third person action role playing game. And Rob, you who has so many hours put into Skyrim, tell our listeners a little bit about the plot. All right, Dave. So you're set on a quest to defeat a dragon called Alduin or the World Eater. And he's prophesied to destroy the world. Now that's really it. There's not much more to the plot. There's a whole lot to do, but that's all you really have to do in the game. (laughs) And technically, you don't even have to do it. I mean, you could go through the entire game and never finish or hit up that main storyline. Well, I mean, mean, if you wish to complete the game, you must do just that. Everything else is kind of for fun or, you know, to build your skills up, maybe make it a little easier to explore the worlds. But to beat the game and hit those end credits, you really just got to go beat Elduin. If you could just go straight to doing that, I don't there. No, because you have to get to the top of the world and pretty much go from there, don't you? People who can beat Ganon with a broken sword and a fishing pole or a butterfly net. I forget what it is. I'm sure that someone can do this. Hmm. Do you remember the beginning of the game, Rob? I remember the famous line. Hey, you, you're finally awake. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a meme now. You know, all these how does it go? You have all these videos that are, are people wait in anticipation as the screen fades to black and when it comes back up you're in the middle of Skyrim on the cart. <laughs> how about the dragon? Do you remember the dragon at the beginning? You know, I try to remember the dragon, but I've seen so many mods that every time all I can think of is Thomas the Tank Engine. 
I, I never had an opportunity to play it with Thomas the Tank Engine up there. <laughs> it is I, quite hilarious. I, I, you know, it was, it was epic. I remember coming home. I got this game. Actually, my my wife bought this game for me. It was one of the first gifts she ever bought me. I worked at an electronics store at the time, and I w- had to work as a manager. I was I was the manager covering the midnight release, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find one of the copies had my name on it when I got there because I wasn't planning on buying it myself. I wasn't made of money at the time. And then I went home, went home after my midnight release and played it. And it was stayed up way too late playing it. Sounds about right. But that's pretty cool. That's the first story you got with Skyrim and, you know, with your wife. That was nine years ago. I was I was a lot younger than I could stay up a lot later. You know, it was exciting loading up the game and then, you know, the hey, you're awake in the cart. And then all of a sudden there's a dragon burning the town down in front of you and and it just kind of starts. It was super exciting, you know. As you get going, there's the character building. I, I, Rob, when you have the option to do detailed character building, are you the kind of gamer that kind of gets stuck on that process? Not particularly. I mean, I might sit there and spend a couple minutes trying out, but for the most part, you know, I mean. I got the game to play the game. If I wanted to do human simulator, I'm sure there's a game out there where I can do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could, uh, you know, it's, it's called Photoshop. That's very, very true. I, I don't either. I, I don't know what it is. I know there are people that get caught up in that, but I, I don't care. I don't, I just want to get to the game. I don't feel like you spend enough time admiring your own character for it to matter, I guess is the way I put it. You know, if the character looks one way from the other, it doesn't it doesn't detract from the game for me in any way. But, you know, despite the fact that you and I don't spend a lot of time in a character building, there are lots of people out there that probably do spend a lot of time in character building. Uh, in fact, it was one of the themes as I was combing through reviews for this game as um, Checkmate here on Steam wrote, after 85 hours of playtime, his review says... I've nearly nearly finished making my character. <laughs> he gave it a thumbs up and went on to play for over 600 hours. Uh, the same can be said for Jonathan Smith here on Steam, who after 50 hours wrote, finally finished creating my character, and then went on to play another 275 hours of Skyrim. So there were definitely people that spent more time, and I'm sure they didn't actually spend that much time, but I do remember when it first came out how excited people were because it was an incredibly detailed character creation screen and people were, you you know how gamers are people in general are super creative. They'll take any new tools they have and mold them to, to do whatever they damn well please, you know? Yeah. Cart ride, dragon character creation. I remember that leads you through a dungeon, right? There, there's a dungeon that you, you kind of go through and you break out as the dragons, you know, wrecking havoc overhead do you remember where you went after that? You know, I, as I was, I was, I was doing my research for this. I was really trying to think about where the first place you go in Skyrim or the first thing that you do. And I was racking my head against it. Do you remember? Do you remember where you went from there? Uh, thinking about it, I can't quite remember. I feel 
like I went to a town that's not far away where you can buy a home and it's one of the first towns, you know, I put a hundred hours in this game and it was mostly around the time when I first got it. So I can't quite remember names of places, but I know it was one of the starting towns that you could go to. And I just kind of traveled around from there. I remember running into giants and uh, like Yeti monster and getting absolutely massacred. But, you know, by name, I couldn't honestly remember. I remember, too, going to a close town. And I believe there's an archery, like one of the teachers, the archery masters that you could learn archery from. And uh, I think maybe a follower is there and he got killed, like when we're ambushed by people. And from there, you go to a dungeon that has the, the golden claw as the puzzle solution you remember that one it's like the first one of the first dungeons you come to i probably would if i were inside of it oh lord we should have played the game to do some prep work now we really do we really don't need to this is not about us ladies and gentlemen this is about you and how you feel about the game but you know the thing of it is is with skyrim you could you could literally do anything you know there were review after review after review of people that could just, I don't know, there, there were some colorful ones. Rob, did you see any reviews on there that, that kind of spoke to how, how open-ended this game was? Actually, yes, Dave, I do have a few. Was the review on Steam by user Cranberry, who writes, No matter what you do or how long a break you take, this game literally never gets old. It's absolutely endless, and it stays attractive that you won't ever get sick of your surroundings if you play longer than you think you should. It's exciting, beautiful, heartfelt, and most importantly, fun. Nice. I would. I'm, I agree. I would too. And you know, another user on Steam, Echoing Ether, writes, The only game where you can get married, have kids, run a college, become part of the upper echelon of every city, end a war, save the world, suck out the souls of dragons, become one of the greatest thieves of all time, emperor, eat people's heart outs as a werewolf, suck their blood as a vampire lord, blot out the sun, ride dragons, and get drunken into bar fights all in one playthrough 100 out of 100 legendary (laughs) what an exhaustive list but he's got a point yeah you can do all of that in a single playthrough absolutely and you know it it, like we said that was the theme for for review after review you know stuvik here on steam writes you can just immerse yourself in the world Buy a house and do it up as a medieval house flipper. Become a miner. Become an alchemist, enchanter, blacksmith, chef. Just enjoying the shared depths of this game will take a long time. There was a really amusing review here by Saturtune. And, you know, I just took bits. uh, I took maybe a quarter of the list. But it goes, got married, adopted six kids, built a mansion for my family, adopted a bunch of dogs, learned I was Skyrim Jesus, Used my Skyrim Jesus powers to slay dragons and save the world. Became a werewolf. Cured a ghost of its werewolfism. Became a vampire hunter. Properly abandoned the role of vampire hunter because the vampires gave me cooler stuff. Betrayed the vampires and gained the ability to summon a skeleton horse and a zombie dragon. Joined an organized crime syndicate. Killed the leader of said syndicate after selling my soul to an evil god. Joined a hitman cult. Cuddled a ghost zombie lady in a casket. Killed a burnt chicken nugget. Ch- killed a burnt chicken nugget with a demon dagger. 
kill the emperor. Killed the man who asked me to kill the emperor. Emperor was paid thirty thousand coins after killing the man who paid me to kill the emperor. Never spoke with my hitman friends again because the ghost zombie's voice was really loud. Went to college. Was chosen by space wizards to save the college. Found flying magic ball. Killed people trying to use the flying magic ball for bad things. Became headmaster of the college. It just goes on and on and on, and that's literally only about a quarter of his review, and we just killed, what, a minute of podcast time? You're welcome. Wow. That's (laughs) quite a list. So, Rob, you like open-world games, right? Absolutely, Dave. You know, it doesn't get very stagnant. You don't do the same thing over and over. I mean, you could do the same thing over and over again, but for the most part, you go out and you have a lot more to choose from. Do you ever get overwhelmed when you play open-world games? absolutely there are some that it just the world feels so expansive or the sheer volume of side quests that are not related to the main story you know as someone who tries to complete as many of them as possible if not just go through and do them when there's such a large number it gets extremely difficult to keep the motivation to go you know save 600 cats before you can spend 600 dollars to barter with 20 different people to the list just goes on and on the number of things that you can do and it can absolutely get overwhelming yeah i i frequently have that issue in open world games there's a lot of open world games that i play and then i just get lost doing side quests after side quests after side quests and i i never I don't always get back to the main storyline, and so sometimes I just kind of get lost in the weeds, and I put it down because I'm lost in the weeds. And I pick it back up, and I go to the story, and I'm like, well, if I've got some time to play, I might as well do all these other quests like I was before. And it's just like a vicious cycle for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm still in the middle of The Witcher 3. I'm still in the middle of Red Dead Redemption 2, two of the biggest and best games in the last five years or so that I'm in the middle of for the sheer reason I just kind of get lost in the weeds when it comes to playing those games, which I guess is kind of a bummer for me because they're supposedly awesome. They are awesome. I love them. I'm not the right only right there with you. I'm not the only one though. Uh, you know, there's a steam review here from Cosmo Chakra that in which he writes, you know, I could not grasp this notion of being free to do what I want. Free, free roaming games were not exactly my cup of tea. I mean, I did play some Grand Theft Auto games in the past before I left them due to their sheer size. There was a map screen indicator of what I could do next, but no penalty for not doing anything. There weren't any useful markers as to where I could go next. True, there was an objective screen, but it was never framed as something urgent to do. My brain was waiting for some guidance. I did not want to take any action on my own, and it was way too much to think of, and all I wanted was some enjoyment. My gaming faculties were still developing at the time, and I was not getting the right amount of feedback that I usually receive from other games. It was, to the contrary, an overwhelming amount than what I was used to. From the environment I was looking at, the ability to switch from first person, etc., etc., etc. He does go on to uh, note that he revisited the game some years later in life when he was in a different place and ended up loving it. I think he put a hundred or a couple hundred hours into the game at that point, so... I think that there's a lot of us out there that get lost with open world games. Some of us Absolutely. just never lose that. Some of us just never lose that. You know what I mean? It's the completion, the perfectionist, the strive for a hundred. Yeah, but it's, yeah. 
it's so easy with that game. You just get you, there's something special about Skyrim that you just get lost in it. I mean, the atmosphere. Every, everywhere you go, there's someone or something to do. Um, the game I feel does a fantastic job of taking what's supposed to be a side story and turning it into something that most games might even consider to be the main story. So within it, you essentially have multitudes of quote unquote main stories that because of the way that they're done in the game, isn't the main objective of the game, but in most other situations you feel that it would be. So it draws you in and makes you want to continue that makes you want to continue that storyline to see how it plays out from beginning to end. So we're talking about atmosphere. What about the music in the game? Do you remember the music in Skyrim? I do remember. I guess I can't say I remember all of the songs, but I do remember there were definitely different ambiances that the game portrayed through the music. You obviously had the more serene, you had the more relaxed, serene music, but then obviously when times were, when it was more of a dangerous situation, it would be more fast paced and dark or, you know, if you're in an area that's mysterious, it would be that kind of creepy, mysterious vibe going with the music. Just did a phenomenal job of using a soundtrack that was well orchestrated with a good instrumentation representation to portray these moods within the game. It's it's true. It's it's absolutely true. You know, when I was doing my notes for this for when I was writing, you know, our, our, our outline for our conversation today, I put on the Skyrim soundtrack in the background, and it's just so easy to get lost. It's just so easy to get lost. The music that they put on, and the when you're just walking around exploring the world, it's just so, like you said, subtle, serene. It's in, it's in the background. And it fits perfectly, and I I don't know I just I I think it's awesome. It's it's I guess the kind of music that you could put in the background and and just let go, like when you're working on homework or something. You know what I mean? Absolutely, completely agree with you. It's a phenomenal soundtrack. It's all around, even without being in the game. It's just one of those ones you can just listen to and just feel. And it's always an incredible feeling when music just makes you feel. Agreed. Eleven years. We we've been here for eleven years, and Skyrim is still just as relevant as it was, you know, way back then. It you know it's even talked about on all time best game lists. You know, IGN has it number seventy three on a list of best games at all time. Uh, Wikipedia keeps a list of games that are considered among the best of all time that they have to be you know talked about in that vein for I think it's like six different publications. And Skyrim's on there. And if you look at Metacritic, which which uses um, you know, real real and, and critic reviews and kind of gives you a, a a composition of everything, Skyrim is number 36th in games of all time for for just general, you know, audience ratings. So here we have literally there's been thousands, we've talked about it before, right? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of video games that have come out since the beginning of video game history and here we have a game that's number 36 so why 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 is skyrim 
one of the best games of all time. I think a lot of it comes down to, and we talked earlier about the sheer size, where it is mixed with the the fantastic soundtrack. It just it's an entire package that's wrapped up nicely, and because of the size of how much there is to do, you could spend countless number of hours. I mean, you mentioned one reviewer who hours after taking what was it 50 50 hours just to complete their character so 650 hours in one playthrough yeah that is incredible yeah yeah but there's other games that are big too you know we talked about games that had huge open worlds when we talked about just cause you know games like just cause or games like grand theft auto uh, you know all these other games that have these huge open worlds as well, but I, I, and I'm not going to argue the merit of Grand Theft Auto. You know, there's certain games in the series that this is probably true and not true, but I don't think any of them have the lasting power realistically that Skyrim's had over the past ten years. I, I, I don't. It's not like Just Cause Two, which has a bigger map, is still something people are talking about in relevance. But then again, they didn't talk about it in relevance in the beginning. I, I don't really know what I'm getting at. I just, um, there's something else than just the sheer size of it that I, that makes this special, I think, you know? I think one of the things is it was released, you said the original Xbox, correct? 360. In 20, okay. 2011 would have been a 360. Oh, that's right. So I think one of it is that this game was released on the Xbox 360. And at the time, it was really good games around i'm sure this was a lot different if you had played the elder scrolls prior it definitely wasn't as expansive it definitely didn't have as much depth coupled with the graphics of the game coupled with the soundtrack with the game it was a lot more than what you had at the time so yes you had the halos coming out and you had call of duties but the storylines in those were short you know, you got so far and you did the same thing. It was very linear. It was the start of the, I shouldn't say the start. This game was at the time for console, a stepping stone into that expansive world. Obviously on PC, you had a lot more options such as like World of Warcraft and <clears throat> any other, we mentioned multiple games. Uh, yeah, a lot of different games that you could play on PC that had larger stories larger maps that you could explore on console it wasn't as common at the time and this game was kind of a, a stepping stone into that world potentially yeah i don't know you know the xbox 360 got two elder scroll games because oblivion came out on the xbox 360 and oblivion oblivion if i'm not mistaken was one of the early games i vaguely remember it being one of the first games I got for my 360, but I didn't get a launch 360. No, I did get a launch 360, because I have condemned Criminal Origins. I don't think I got it right at launch. I think I got it two or three months in, but the point is I got Oblivion with it, so Oblivion was an early 360 title. And then it got Skyrim. Um, you know, technically, the game that has the largest, op like, the largest open-world game in general um is not skyrim or oblivion for that matter but it is an elder scrolls title did you know that i did not 
So Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall uh, has a square footage of about 62,000 square miles. Um, Open world Skyrim size. Let's see. Whereas Skyrim has a full map of about... That's a good question. It says it's about 15 square miles. That's kind of funny to think about, huh? Yeah. Uh, scary. scary every every Elder Scrolls game ranked by map size. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in here. Morrowind was 16 square kilometers. Skyrim was 37 square kilometers. Oblivion was slightly bigger at 41 square kilometers. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Have you ever played Elder Scrolls Online, Rob? Yes, Damon and I briefly played that uh, probably about two years ago. And, you know, it, it's enjoyable, but we just didn't really get drawn in as much as we thought we would. So it's around 400 kilometers, but it has the distinction of being the largest Elder Scrolls game that didn't use procedural generation for its landscape. And then Daggerfall is 161,000 kilometers. <laughs> so uh, Daggerfall is a lot, lot bigger. A lot, lot bigger. So, shit. Yeah, but I, the worlds were definitely richer as 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 it went on. At least I think that uh, they were richer. And, you know, you ever... I, I remember playing Oblivion. And it, from the get-go, the game just didn't draw me in as much a lot more difficult to get into it and to understand and to just be drawn into the story. I remember first time playing Skyrim and you wake up with that famous line and you know it's just like well, what the hell is going on? Like wh- why why are we in the back of this cart? Why is my head about to get chopped off? What is this? It just right from the get-go you just you want to learn more. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, if you want to go back and try uh, Daggerfall, it's actually, I think it's a free download on Bethesda's website through their Bethesda net launcher. So you can go back and explore all 62,000 miles. 62, yeah, I said it right, 62,000 miles. So That sounds like a great old time. You know, <laughs> Skyrim appeals to people of all ages, which I think also is different than, say, you know, we talked about Just Cause, or I briefly touched on Grand Theft Auto. I don't think that Grand Theft Auto appeals to all ages. I just don't think it appeals to all ages. But on the other hand, I think Skyrim does. If you look at all the reviews, there were a lot of reviews that kind of alluded to this. You know, here on Steam, Sue Auth wrote, I'm a 50-year-old female who's not a big fa- big gamer. I had this game years ago, and I liked it okay when I played on my low-end computer system. This was on the new remaster. And she wrote that, I bought the special edition version, and I installed it on my new high-end gaming computer, and it made all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Glad to have bought the game and started playing again. I love Skyrim so much because I can mod the original vanilla game to add things I wish the game had, change how it looks, and buy as many cool player houses as I want. Mary Perry here writes, I'm a grandmother who loves the Elder Scrolls games. I got started with my with Morrowind on my teenage son's Xbox over 16 years ago. So he bought me an Xbox and gave him my own. When he moved over to PC for games, so did I. I played Oblivion. Loved it. Then when Skyrim came out, he was sweet enough to purchase that for me too. 
uh, Robert Ann Suchin writes, I'm 64. This is my first RPG. It's great. Certainly not intuitive for a guy that's never played anything like this, but I relish the challenge. I had no idea what I was doing at first. I died many times and progressed slowly. Used Google for game info, and that helped tremendously. I made it to level 83, sort of ran out of things to do, created a new character, and I'm playing it differently. I'm a Stormcloak this time around, enjoying my second go-around immensely. <laughs> Rob, who can forget about the Skyrim grandma, though? Do, do you, have you ever watched the Skyrim grandma? You know, it's actually funny that you ask that, because most of the time, I would feel that my in my friend group, no one would have any idea about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't think any of my friends would have any idea what we're talking about, but I happened to stumble across this in one of my rabbit hole YouTube nights. Yeah, I mean, Shirley's awesome. Uh, you know, I I mean, I, I will admit I haven't watched Shirley in a while. You you read, you know, uh, uh, stories every so often about her. She back in March, you know, announced that she was going to pull away from streaming. Shirley is a Skyrim streamer. Old oldest Skyrim streamer, but she now she was pulling back because of some toxicity on the internet, and then you see stories like that sometimes. But uh, you know there was a Steam review by Onigami here that he wrote: "This game made an old lady famous because she enjoyed walking around and looking at how pretty this place was." And I was like, "Yeah, that's Shirley Carey. That's the Skyrim grandma, you know." Shirley Carey, the Skyrim grandma, streams on Twitch and posts. Does she stream on Twitch? Yeah, she's. I think she's a Twitch streamer. Well, she posted a video on YouTube, at least, but she's the world record holder for oldest professional streamer at 83 years old. You know, I, w- I was thinking when I saw that, that she's 83, that if I live to 83, I have 50 more years of gaming still left in me, at least. Do you know what I mean? Which Absolutely. is fucking awesome. I'm not even going to lie. Thought, the thought of 50 more years of this is fucking awesome. But it also made me think, you know, I've been around since the Nintendo came out and, you know, born in in 84. And so I've gotten to see gaming change so much in the last 37 years. Another 50 years is going to absolutely rock my socks, you know? Absolutely. So Shirley has, Rob, Shirley has 920,000 YouTube subscribers. What the hell are we doing wrong? Uh, well, you're a lot closer than I am, but not being old enough. <laughs> Ouch! That that touches my soul. You know, I um I was curious about Skyrim as a streaming medium, so I hopped on Twitch while I was doing my research, and it was in the middle of the weekend, and there were about eighteen hundred people watching. You know, a number of, of YouTube streamers play Skyrim on Twitch, so it's not a I mean that that's not a mind blowing millions upon millions of of people number, but I mean there's still eighteen hundred people watching watching. That's that's merit. Know Absolutely. What I mean? Know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Skyrim appeals to people of all ages, right? Clearly, we yeah you have yeah, people young and old. That's right. And a moment ago, one of the reviews was just talking about modding vanilla Skyrim. So let's talk about modding. You know, mods are kind of a touchy subject for the Skyrim community, I noticed. Have have, uh, have you had any experience with modding? 
I didn't personally do it, but obviously I talked earlier in the episode about the mod where the dragon was Thomas the Train. <laughs> so I, I've definitely seen the mods, but I myself have never gotten into downloading or installing or trying any of them out. Well, you know, Bethesda has kind of changed their approach to mods as they release new version. You know, vanilla Skyrim, which is the original Skyrim, you could mod pretty well. And then the remaster, they kind of changed things up and you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't mod it as well. And then they did something called like the Creators Club, which I'm not very familiar with it, where you could add creators content and that broke modding again. And it just it, it seems to be a, a roller coaster. There were a lot of a lot of reviews that were complaining about this on again, off again relationship with modding. Man, here's one from Starfish that writes Skyrim in 2020. Spend the entire day setting up mods. Launch game instantly crashes. Ah, uh, just like I remember it. Which, <laughs> yeah, I know that sounds like my uh, that sounds like my experience too. Here's a Steam review from G Man. He goes, install Skyrim Vanilla equals good game. Install Skyrim DLCs equals bitter, but bigger game. Install Skyrim Special Edition equals better game. Install Skyrim Creators Club. Decent, but not necessary. Install Skyrim mods supported on Steam equals even better game. Install 200 or so mods from Skyrim Nexus mods, one of the greatest gaming experiences of all time. Rob, have you ever done anything with Nexus mods? I cannot say that I have, Dave. I am hearing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I've modded quite a few games. I use Nexus mods. I use Nexus mods for most of my modding stuff, so... Right now on Nexus Mods, which is just nexusmods.com, Skyrim currently has over 65,000 mods that have been downloaded a one a, a, a downloaded between all 65,000 1.8 billion times uniquely, which is I mean, obviously there's a lot of people out there who know about Nexus Mods and, and are using it to mod their games, you know what I mean? What? <laughs> so you know, at the moment, some of the most downloaded mods that are on the website include uh, your most popular one is Skyrim HD, which adds 2K textures to Skyrim. Um, there is Sky UI, which adds a PC friendly interface mod because, you know, let's face it, this game was originally developed for consoles. And even though it was released alongside Windows, there was complaints about about that, you know. Um, there's Climates of Tamriel, which is weather and lighting updates. There's a complete flora overhaul. There's Magic of Skyrim, which adds 155 spells. There's interesting NPCs, which adds 250 new and unique NPCs. I mean, there are just mod after mod after mod to make this game look nothing like it did when when we started. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And I'm not surprised that there are so many mods, but 1.8 billion times. I know. That's I know. number. I know. Well, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are doing mods. And there's literally mods for everything. You know, those are just the tip of the iceberg. There's new weapons and new quests. And, and, and I mean, on the darker side of things, there's nudity mods and, you know, different armors and different items and different you know, dialogue and, and there's mods to just by t there are mods that literally by the time you do it, the game doesn't look like anything. It doesn't look or play anything like it did 
in vanilla Skyrim. So you could literally recreate re a new game just by modding it, which is awesome. There are some very unique and ambitious mods here on Nexus Mods 2 that are currently in development. There is Skyblivion, which aims to recreate the entire game of Oblivion in the Skyrim game engine. There is Skywind, which aims to recreate the entirety of Morrowind in the uh, in the engine. Rob, have you ever played Morrowind? I have not played Morrowind, no. I got so, started with Oblivion and then moved on say, to Skyrim. So Oblivion and was your first one. Scrolls Online. Correct. Mor Mor Morrowind was my first one. I'm not as familiar with Daggerfall. Or what's the first one, Arena? I'm not as familiar with the one or two. Morrowind was my first one. So here's one for you, Rob. Since we always play games together all the time, there is a mod in early development called Skyrim Together, which is a multiplayer Skyrim mod. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make. I know it sounds interesting, right? Yeah, sure does. Would you want to play multiplayer Skyrim? You know, that sounds a hell of a lot more fun than Elder Scrolls Online. That's the thing. How would it be different than Elder Scrolls? I don't. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you. I played Elder Scrolls Online. I, I have it. I think I have it on the PC and on Xbox. I'm pretty sure I have it two times over. Don't know where I got them from, but I'm pretty sure I have it two times over. But I'm going to agree with you in that it's never caught my attention. And I don't understand the disconnect. I mean, Elder Scrolls is a great game. Why why didn't it catch us? And why would Skyrim Together be different, I guess, is a good question. Why do you, Why do you think it'd be better? I think that the thing for Elder Scrolls Online that didn't click with me is that graphically it didn't seem that much different than Skyrim. In the story, it just didn't bite. It didn't drag me in. So I felt like I was playthrough and I figured at that point, why go to something that I'm unfamiliar with? You know, I shouldn't say why go to something. I, I figured why what I want to play this when I know that I enjoy Skyrim and yes, I can play this new one with my friend, but it doesn't feel like it adds any depth to what we know. It feels like it's kind of a cop it revolutionizing on the MMO market and not giving more depth into the elder Scrolls series. Right on right on. I, I can, I can definitely get behind that. So do you ever play MMOs? I guess is my next question. I have played a few MMOs, although it's not something I actively play. I mean, I come on, Dave. I play RuneScape. That's true. That's very true. You do play RuneScape. I was going to ask you, what is it about other MMOs that, that rope you into the game that... Um, that all scrolls online didn't. I'm mean, look. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I play a lot of MMOs. I, I I had my WoW phase. I also had my Lord of the Rings online phase, which I loved. I loved Lord of the Rings online. It was so freaking cool walking around Middle Earth. There have been a few other MMOs for me too, but I'm not gonna pretend I'm I'm an addict on them. And I, I don't feel that. I think what you just said with the stories and the world and that. I, I think that that applies to most MMOs. I don't ever feel like I get dragged in to the, the the games and the stories the same way. And I I think that the fact that they're MMOs probably has a lot to do with that. I think it's hard to design a world that's designed for 
hundreds, if not thousands of human players that feels lived in. I don't know. That feels real. You know, that's a very fair point. And it, it, I in no way mean to discredit the developers. Obviously, a lot of work goes into these games and I'm sure a lot of thought as well. But you hit it on the head. It's hard when you put it into perspective like that. It's hard to create a game with the intent of pleasing 100,000 people within the same realm. It's not, you know, you're playing with your three buddies or your five buddies or seven buddies or however many of your friends on a, a small excluded server. You're playing with everyone. So the game needs to be made in such a way that it's it's immersive for a large group of people and allows that camaraderie or that allows that either camaraderie or rivalry while right. still having some storyline to it to keep people invested and want to continue to play it. I don't know. Maybe the fact that there's always hundreds of, of real players running around is what takes me away from the world in itself. And I mean, WoW, WoW does a good job of balancing it because WoW's got smaller instancing and, and, you know, WoW gets... There's some parts of that world that get very stretched out and you you don't feel quite as crowded. So you get back to city centers. You make the city centers and then you're, you know, hundreds of thousands of people type deal. So... We've had a lot of conversation about Skyrim. We started the conversation with a really simple question. You know, we're sitting here 10, nine years later, you know, what we're one year shy of a decade and, and Skyrim is, it's literally, it's still being released. I mean, the publisher is still re- being really still releasing it. People are still talking about it. We're still having fun. People are still streaming it. You know, how many other games that came out 10 years ago are people literally can you think of other games that are 10 years old that people are still streaming are, are producing videos for? Hmm. You know, I, off the top of my head, I can't, although I'm sure that I quickly could come up with some instance, the Twitch. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, to be fair on the Twitch, there are people still doing retro. You know, we, we talked before about watching retro speedrunners, So people are playing games that are 30 years old. So I guess it's not too far of a stretch that there's 1800 people watching someone play a 10 year old game. That's a silly question. When you put it in that perspective, silly Dave, but I guess what's the, you know, back to the point, why, why is Skyrim so relevant? What, what makes it special, Rob? Well, we've talked a lot about all of the different reasons you have the immersive story. The, it creates an unlimited potential. You have phenomenal soundtrack, a, a large community, uh, mods you can add more depth to it you can make it more hyper realistic you you can just create the game in such a way that it's what you imagine it to all of these different things just with a large fan base that's loyal to the game you know and i mean eventually obviously there'll be decay but this is a game that's you know until they create another one that can rival this one people are going to keep playing yeah, well, I mean, we have Elder Scrolls Six on the way at some point, so they're they're already working on it. And you know, they've talked about Elder Scrolls Six being a game they want to kind of support with the notion that it's going to be around for ten years. So maybe that's Bethesda's plan is to keep supporting games in the Elder Scrolls series for a decade and then move on to the next one. Who knows? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that Skyrim there's no reason that it 
it needed needs to be or will be removed from the gaming culture. I mean, it's a great game with a great world and a great story, right? We we've already made that point. It's not getting left behind with graphics because the publisher themselves have remastered it and 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 re-put it out, you know, with with upgraded graphics. And even where they didn't, the community has stepped in and and now you can do mods that I mean, there's some ultra ultra texture mods that that go 4K. I mean, they're they're just you can make Skyrim look ridiculously photorealistic, you know. So, gaming-wise, it's not going anywhere. Technologically-wise, it's not going anywhere. And, and frankly, culturally, it's not going anywhere. You know, we started this episode talking about the "Hey, you're awake" meme. I still get tricked by that on Reddit. You know what I mean? absolutely there are some pretty good ones out there but there's other memes too for skyrim that are used all the time do, do you remember the foos roda one i think people getting blasted people getting blasted that's my freaking favorite like when that one dude opens the door and just gets air cannon into the lockers do you remember that one <laughs> yep <laughs> that's still one of my favorites i have a shirt that says i took an arrow to the knee I mean, that's the, you know, people still, that quote is so silly, but you still hear people be like, oh, I used to be this. And then I took an arrow to the knee, you know? Absolutely. And then, you know, even something basic, you know, Skyrim, Skyrim's leveling system is based around the quality, you know, your, your level one to 100 in things like illusion or destruction or, you know, uh, archery or stuff like that. And still like, you know, when someone wrecks another person verbally online, you'll see the little thing from Skyrim post under it that says Destruction 100. So even something as that, culturally, Skyrim is still literally all over the place. I just don't think, I think that it's not going anywhere. It's just, it's a great game and the community has kept it alive and there's no reason for them not to. They're, they're not going to, you know what I mean? Oh, I agree, Dave. It's a good game. It's a really good game. If you've never played it and you're listening to this, I doubt that for starters. But if you've never played it before, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Skyrim. Great game. Go play it. Do it. Rob. Dave. Related to Skyrim or not, depending on how you look at it, I have our gaming question of the week. So, Rob, what's your favorite gaming class? such as warrior, mage, monk, rogue, or whatever else and why. For playing a game such as Skyrim, it would definitely probably be the warrior class. Uh, with a lot of other games, I'm the tank class. I prefer being up close and personal, being kind of the shield, taking the hits and dishing it out, kind of just getting up into the fight. You know, obviously I do love getting back to, to snipe sometimes or getting back in taking things from afar but there's just something fun about being up close and personal and just going to town yep yep absolutely what about yourself also the tank class which is why we don't ever mmo together because yeah, i know right just about every single game i play i end up as the warrior or i mean it's almost always it's the warrior I, i'm the warrior class i'm i'm always the tank class i I don't know. I like the same thing. I like getting in there in the midst of it and and being hands on and up front and and taking all the damage. I'm not I'm not a finesse guy. I don't 
do stealth. I don't do. Uh, I'm just not the finesse guy. That's not my style. So I I would I would have to I would have to do it. Although I was a paladin in WoW, I, I did heal. I did do some healing at one point. Um, because people I play with needed a healer, so I took the middle ground. I mean, come on, Dave. Even I have played Mercy from time to time. <laughs> very, very true. A little overwatch. Actually, my, my go-to uh, healer was Moira. Because Moira can still kick some ass. Moira can kick some ass. Well, I think that's another episode there of uh, of of our video game nostalgia podcast. What do you say there, kiddo? You know, Dave, I would have to agree. But obviously, if you wanted to listen again, you can. Or, you know, if you want to listen to some other other episodes, you can. Uh, Dave, you want to go ahead and tell them where they can listen to some of our other episodes? and Absolutely. 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 So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are inclined to find our episode archive or learn a little bit more about us, maybe want to check out the notes for this episode, perhaps find our discord, maybe our Patreon, you know, there's a, there's a thing or two that you could possibly do. If you were going to go visit uh, www.memorycardlane.com, you know, every week I, I post the show notes. So if you want to go and read the reviews for yourself or, uh, you know, this week we t- talked about Skyrim memes. So I posted examples of the memes up on the show notes. Heck, uh, this week even there's going to be a link to the YouTube video of the opening of Skyrim. So if you've never played it and you want to see what all the hype is about, go ahead, click on that link, and and you can you can find yourself fading from black into Skyrim. Fun times. Also on www.memorycardlane.com, you'll find links to find our social media tags i myself am on twitter at david underscore is underscore wrong david is wrong because i'm wrong all the time it's easy to remember and uh rob what do you do it on social media these days i can be found playing games on twitch at fat boy rips that's f-a-t-b-o-i-r-i-p-z awesome Awesome. Well, you know, before I wrap it up, Rob, you got anything you want to add to today? Uh, Just as always, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening. I hope that you guys come out of the woodworks and start talking with us. Give us a little more because we're here not just for ourselves, but to spread the love and joy that games have given to all of us. And on my end, it's uh, it's Xbox Next Gen Launch Day, Xbox Series X and S, and and uh, I haven't heard bad things yet. So congratulations to everyone who's at home playing with your next gen Xbox. I'm sure it's great. I myself tend to wait a little bit before buying new gaming systems, and I think a new PC is in line for me this year instead. But kudos to you guys, and and congratulations to Xbox for an excellent launch. So yeah. Next week, uh, we're going to be continuing our talk about greatest games of all time as we talk about another game that frequently finds itself on that list. Uh, 2004 revolutionary first-person shooter, Half-Life 2. It's been 16 years, and gamers are still clamoring for a sequel 
with no Half-Life 3 in sight. So we're going to talk about what made Half-Life 2 a special game in its time and why it still holds up to this day and, and possibly some more. So join us next week as we take another trip down memory card lane. Nice.